Hey everyone, RJ Kaminsky here, and you're listening to The Wire Podcast. And as we prepare for the 2020 PL College Draft, we're talking with Paul Carcaterra on who you all should be informed on before the upcoming draft. And right now, we've got Peyton Smith on deck, face-off specialist coming out of Marist. Now, as you know, there's a ton of talent in this league at the X, Paul. What's going to help Peyton Smith jump off the page to these head coaches? He's a technician. If you watch this kid, I'm so impressed with his patience and his hand speed. This is a kid who never gets rattled. Not to mention, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's from the state of North Carolina. He was under-recruited. No one really wanted him in terms of the big schools. He goes to Marist, dominates there, plays for four years, 63% in terms of his face-off winning percentage. So he's always been the guy for Marist. He's great on ground balls. He plays those 50-50 balls as well as anyone in college lacrosse. And he's got the experience and the chip on your shoulder. Like, you can't negate that, RJ. When you think of guys in terms of just not having those opportunities or being those under-the-radar recruits, when he was in North Carolina, he won 79% of his face-offs. Still didn't get the looks. Goes to Maris. So I think he's got a massive chip on his shoulder, and he's a guy that doesn't get rattled. If you watch a lot of face-off guys, if they lose a few right off the bat, they can go in the tank. It's an emotional position. I think emotionally, he's as stable as they come. Recently chatting with Trevor Baptiste, he was talking about uh, it's such an important position, uh, being a face-off specialist, being able to manage your emotions, not getting too high, not getting too low, and not letting what you're experiencing and feeling in that current state affect uh, your next performance at the X. So it's it's it seems like that's a really important piece to this position here that you're mentioning for Peyton. Well, look, the wheels can fall off the bus. I've seen face-off guys who've come in with incredible numbers and then things don't work out well in that first quarter and they just crumble. And emotionally, you can see it because this is a position more than any position in the sport because defense and goaltenders kind of like can mesh together and support the goalie in terms of just their emotional status in a game. Face-off guys, you are literally on an island. Like after a goal, a goalie can talk to his D guys. And face-off guys run off and they run back on. And if they're getting mowed during a game, emotionally it's taxing. And then you start trying to, to compromise in terms of some of the things that, that are hurting you with your ability to win these draws and then you start jumping and then you have some illegal procedures and then the wheels just ultimately just go and fall off the bus. And for Peyton Smith, I feel like he's as stable as they come for a young face-off guy. Now Peyton won 11 of 15 first half face-offs in Merritt's upset over Army this spring. What did Peyton show you in his limited time on the field this season, Paul? You know, I think you have to look at his, complete career. This is a guy who's 63% in terms of his overall four-year career at Marist, and he was their number one guy for, for the majority of his career. So it wasn't necessarily this year. I think this year he proved as a senior and a leader that he was one of the elite face-off guys, and he had some street cred from the years past. So when you have street cred, you got to answer the bell, and he answered the bell because I think a lot of times when you're a younger face-off guy, they don't have the tape on you, and they really can't dive in deep in terms of your tendencies and, and what makes you go. Peyton Smith had a lot of experience. So even when he was a marked man and people really tried to adjust to his dominant nature, they still couldn't. Two teams, Water Dogs, Redwoods, they're both targeting a face-off specialist. 
How valuable is this position in the PLL, Paul? Oh, next question, RJ. I mean, it's make it, take it. If you have a guy like a Trevor Baptiste or like a Peyton Smith type guy who's coming up the ranks, you just feel good in those one-goal games. I don't need to tell you how many one-goal games you covered last year. Those fourth-quarter face-offs, the emotional stability of a big-time guy that you can count on down the stretch, it's huge. I mean, first-quarter face-offs are one thing. Fourth-quarter face-offs are another thing. No two face-offs are created equal. I think when you have a dominant, even-keeled guy in the fourth quarter and the overtimes, which we see so much in the PLL, you have to take that into account. Those overtimes, Paul, we're talking about the championship in Philly and Joe Nardella coming up with the big win there uh, led to the game-winning goal for the Whip Snakes. So uh, important note to highlight there in particular. And Paul, last bit here, what should the Redwoods in particular be willing to part with to leapfrog the Water Dogs and select Peyton Smith? See, if you have to leapfrog someone, you, you kind of lose the leverage game. If you, if you look at the Redwoods, you, you look at their strength. You have Garnsey and you have Kavanaugh. They're two elite attackmen. Are you willing to give up one of those guys who occupy similar spots on the field? Stylistically, they're different, but they occupy similar places on the field. That's a big ask to get rid of either Garnsey or Kavanaugh. Honestly, in this draft, if it was TD Erlen, I might do that. But Peyton Smith, as good as he is, I don't give up one of my lefty attack. Thanks for the time. As always, Paul, I'm excited to see in particular where Peyton lands. And uh, we will talk soon, my man.